0: Welcome back my friends to the sweet spot where IT leaders share the insights with other leaders and others that want to lead. My name is Carlos Vargas, and as in every week, I have my two co-hosts, Howard Halton and Paul Lewis. Hey there. Hey Carlos. Another week, another trend, something else. What are we doing? <laughs> so this week, I think we're gonna talk trends.
1: So okay. we're gonna talk about disintermediate backend initiatives. Mm-hmm. Streamlining scalable e-commerce and reinventing value-added solutions. What do you think, Paul? Good topics? Uh,
2: certainly I hear about them a lot. So we could probably do an hour each.
1: Yep. Yep. I think that's reasonably true. I think that's reasonably true. And I think we, you know, we commonly hear this, hear this in our industry, right? This is the new hot trend, right? The new hot trend, aggregate global web readiness. Mm-hmm. Right? And they all sound good, and they all have the same 35 buzzwords, right? Um, And you go through like an entire um, webinar, and then you hang up the webinar, and it's kind of like eating white rice, right? You just kind of (laughs) go, I don't know that I actually accomplished anything in that. So (laughs) for our listeners, all of those trends are made up. That's correct. All of those trends were generated by makebullshit.com, clicking the button four times. Right. So what is our real topic this week, Paul?
2: Our real topic is um, actual trends, actual interesting things that are happening in this world, um, actual podcasts you want to listen to. However, positioned as if um, as if the seller knows more than the buyer, right? Most podcasts you listen to, most most uh, blogs you read, most advertising you see, more most products that you try to purchase are all trying to achieve some sort of technology trend goal. And you'll hear things from the analysts say, you know, when I talk to uh, the healthcare industry, they're most interested in AI and machine learning and bots and quantum computing and so on and so forth. And they think that's a series of trends that would apply to a specific situation. And I could read another blog that kind of has the exact same perspective when they don't know any of that to really be true. Sure, they might do a bunch of um, surveys and those surveys say, these are the things I might be interested in the future, but I'm not sure that really makes a trend. I have found as being a buyer that trends are almost exclusively seller perspectives and not and rarely a buyer perspective and not often enough the buyer perspective. So the big question here is how can as a buyer determine what is an actual trend versus not a trend and how can I look for the buyer perspective in a trending conversation?
1: Yeah, I think that's the, I think that's the actual question, right? How do, I up, how do I take a seller perspective and apply a buyer perspective to it and then determine, does this have relevancy? Does this have value? Right. Uh, Because I think you and I both, and all three of us have been in that situation again, right? Where you sit in a webinar, you listen for an hour and you're like, I'm not sure that that person actually added value to my life. Because the reality is I'm not looking for ML. I'm not looking for AI. I'm not looking for bots. I'm not looking for quantum computing. I'm looking to solve a business challenge. Right. Right. And the fact that I turn to those tools with some hopeful expectation doesn't mean I've actually found what I'm looking for, doesn't mean I'm investing, doesn't mean I should invest because it doesn't mean that any of them have actually solved the problem.
2: Right, so so then what is a trend? Like what, how is it being
1: defined when I read a blog? I mean, I think it depends a lot on the perspective, right? But but entirely too many trends are, you know, um, your SAN is being replaced by object storage. Okay, that's not really helpful. Right. Right. Um, I mean, can you give me an example of a, of, of a trend that you find to be useful?
2: Well, it's, it's it's almost not even the specific thing. I Like, in order for one to list the trends, is it based on growth of sales is it based on um number of institutions utilizing this particular technology is it based on my personal opinion as either a buyer or a seller it's not obvious when i'm watching something like that what those trends are based on it could be entirely the gut feeling of the actual podcaster. <laughs> that's true that's
1: true so how do i think we even if we look at sales trends, right? Even yeah. if we look at sales trends and we say, um, you know, sales trends in AI ops are up. Well, of course, that's going to be true because right. if I sell two and there were zero sold before, right. then I've got a massive increase, right. right? And therefore, trends are up. But the truth is, um, does that trend matter? And I think that's the bigger question because one of the things that we don't do is look at um, how much of that trend is outside of. Innovate the innovation center, right? How much of that trend is outside dev and test? How much of that trend is in run, right? Reality should be, and that really should be a big question. It should be part of what analysts write about is what phase of implementation are we writing about? Are we writing about this is a big trend that we're seeing deployed more and more in innovation centers, Mm -hmm. or is this has this trend made the leap? right? From innovation center into run. Right. Right. And that's really kind of, that's really what I want to know, because until, until somebody's, until there's a wave of people running it and I don't need it to be industry specific. Like I don't, I don't, I don't care if I'm, if I'm doing AI ops early in manufacturing or early in healthcare or early in telecom, if financial services has now hit that wave, I'm okay exploring it. Right? Right. But, but we don't tend to see that.
2: And then no, for right. in fact, I, I like because we had a recent conversation about the difference between build and run and how much you spend in IT comparatively to both, uh, and how much more important run is as to the impact of the business, right? I might have a very, very small build team or innovation team, but most of my energy goes into the run, right? But if the systems are down, it's the run team that's that's worried about that. So have you met the burden of production? Have you uh, determined that it's important enough for me to actually consume into a run environment? That's a pretty big gate. Right? That's a pretty big fence I have to jump over. And it would be incredibly important to know, um, you know at what point that transitions. And you're, you're also right in your first point that the percentage matters. Like even big numbers, like, like Azure just came out last couple of days, right? They're up 50%. Wow, like that's a big number. We're talking billions of dollars there. But even in the billions of dollars, only 4% of all IT consumed is cloud. And it's your, even if they're at, even if they're at a third of all consumption of cloud, that's a still a relatively small percentage of all IT. And we're sure. talking 1%. Sure. Uh, so, you know, that's that's the, the percent manages, matters. the The amount of actual consumption matters. So could you say cloud is a trend when it only actually impacts 1%. I don't
1: know. Well, but that's actually a really good example because while it may only impact 1% of what's being run, um, 100% of IT organizations are, are in the midst of their strategy on cloud. Right. right. And they may be in the midst of their fourth strategy, fifth strategy, 10th strategy, 12th strategy on cloud. Right. And so so it's 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 actually why I think the holistic picture becomes really important. Mm -hmm. Right. It's more than just what is the market share. It's more than just what is the build to run ratio. Right. But it's also like it's it's a whole it's a whole picture that you really have to look at and then determine um, is this a hype or is this a trend? Right. right? And And I think that's really the challenge is is how do we how do we tell the difference between hype and trend? Right. And I would say one of them is there's actually a really easy way to to start. Can it be clearly and consistently defined?
2: Hmm.
1: Right. Um, If it's if it's a clear trend, then every vendor that claims to do the thing with some reason should be able to. Let's say the market leaders should be able to consistently and coherently define what it is. Right. Right. If you remember when cloud started. No, no, nobody could do that. Right. There were like seven people in the world that could clearly and consistently define what, what cloud was. And then everybody just changed their product to say it was cloud. Right. Right. Today, we can clearly and consistently define cloud and the various phases of cloud, right? And we've kind of shorthanded it with, with adding AAS.
2: <laughs> right.
1: Generally, if I hear as, PaaS, SAS, IAS, right? Then I'm talking cloud and I can kind of understand not only that it's cloud, but what that kind of cloud means, right? And I can carry that throughout my organization internally and externally. Um, But machine learning and artificial intelligence, no. I would would argue that no, I cannot, because you're not going to get a clear message from anyone that uses those terms that is consistent across the leaders of those terms, right? Versus ETL, very clearly defined.
2: Right, certainly the more granular, the more obvious. But sometimes there's just a simple renaming, right? Sometimes automation becomes AI ops, and nothing has changed. The technology right. hasn't changed. The implementation has changed. The value produced hasn't changed. I've literally just changed the category to which I'm talking about, the actual name. So as a consumer, how do I, how do I recognize them? How can I look at this new word and say, well, was it just another word two years ago?
1: And the reality is, um, I think that's a good example of really poor renaming. Because (laughs) the truth is, I'm not using AI in my ops. Right. Right? I'm actually, that's still in build, best case scenario. Right. Right? Because my automation isn't really AI. I'm not really using AI. Um, Likely, I'm creating reports that might have some machine learning capabilities. Right. But I'm not using AI even to that. Level, because I'm not aware of any major organization pushing any amount of data that has enough trust to convert over to true AI ops. Are you? Are you?
2: Yeah. No. Like I, it could do as much predictive forecasting as it likes, but I'm likely going to have a human involved to do any of the actions. Right. right? I'm you know, like if I'm going to reallocate resources or change my data protection scheme based on this prediction, I'm probably not going to let the system do it yet. In production, in something that I have a hundred percent market share, that if it goes down, that an industry goes down instead of just uh, right. me going down, because I still 100%. have you know personal credibility,
1: and I still hundred <laughs> percent. Or if it's wrong, I'm I'm now doing layoffs, <laughs> right? Right, which which I actually see in in the real world. Right, we're seeing a lot of um, machine learning models being applied to industries like retail, where the recommendation from the model. Is cut hours by x number, reduce hours to y number, um, and what we're seeing that translated into is the death of retail. Right. I'm 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 not going to bring up any names. Right. I think that's I think that's uh, I think that would be problematic. But I'm seeing that very very directly where you can and and you can almost view it externally, see the result, and then I- instantly know. Oh, okay. So this is some um, MBA data science project being done with no appreciation for how the business operates nor what the buyer decision is that's resulting in what will be the death of the organization
2: so who are these trusted sources if i'm looking at a trend if i'm trying to appreciate how i'm going to apply it to my business who do i go to to appreciate whether it's good for me or whether i should consider it or why why and how it'll be important to my business
1: I mean, I think, I don't think there's an answer to that question, right? Um, I think Gartner, IDC, Gigaom, I think they're all good at what they do. And they're all very good at what they do. Um, I think the challenge becomes, how do I look to one and actually see reality, right? What I really want is I want to see comments. I want to see discussion, right? Um, it's not like, like, let's say you and I are a big fan of um, the Gartner CIO conference every year. Right. Huge fans. Um, but the value isn't actually in the content. The value is in the chatter that occurs after the content is delivered. Right. Right. Um, the value. Or even is- while
2: it's being delivered. You Correct. Your guy beside you say, "Would you do that? I've never heard of that before." Right.
1: Right. 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 <laughs> um, and and and, and, I, and that's kind of what I encourage. Right. Um, and, and multiple sources is great. Multiple sources is encouraged. It doesn't mean that if all three of them don't say the same thing that they're wrong. And it doesn't mean that if two of them say one thing and one of them says the other, or five of them say one thing and three of them says another, that the, other, that the, the minority isn't right. It's entirely possible that the minority is right. Um, but that's also kind of why we get paid what we get paid. Right, that's why we're valuable, is because we can look at it through the lens of the buyer. We can look at it through the lens and context of our own environment, our own company, our own needs, and be really um, intelligently deterministic on does that make sense? Does that hold water? Right? Um, and right. I kind of that's kind of how I look at those things. Right. So I,
2: just, I don't uh, think in I don't think if I'm predicting trends via survey that um Majorities or minorities exists, right? Because it's all a Venn diagram. So if if I put twenty five trends in front of a hundred people and they all rank which ones are important to them, just because uh, one of them has twenty five percent, the other one has twenty four percent, the other one has twenty three percent, does not make them equal, because it's quite possible that those are three separate groups of people that all think it's actually number one. Sure. So so that's it's not saying it's one, two and three. It actually says it's one, one and one for those three groups of people. Right. You really have to break down the data differently to a, to not force
1: rank trends that aren't actually applicable. Oh, well, and and it there the context for that ranking might be completely different from the applicability to your environment. Right. Right. Um, if you're if, if the way you operate is circa 2000 right um, then comparing what's important to someone who operates circa 2015 is not, not going to work for you right right um, if you if you were if you if you lack a data architecture then it doesn't really matter what AI ops AI and machine learning are doing right, right? you're simply your simp- your own maturity is isn't to the point where those are going to provide the benefit you think they are, they're just going to create problems. right? And I think that's one thing that's, that's kind of a, a failure. And, and, and uh, to be honest, I kind of blame the analysts and I kind of blame the market,
2: mm.
1: right? The, the tech analysts and the financial analysts, I guess, would be the, would be the place where I kind of lay that because they almost are keyword search engines. Right. Right? So they get really excited and want to hear talk about AI and ML on both sides without an appreciation for where is the organization today, right? right, and, and I think that's a really important consideration. And I think if we were a little bit, um, it, I think if we, ha- if we as the consumer of that information had a little more patience and were willing to invest a little more time, um, it would allow a little bit more depth and, and, and give the analysts a reason to go a little deeper right? Talk about iterative improvement rather than just a keyword based improvement.
2: So let's say you see a trend set that here's 10 top trends um, and you and you believe it's actually true. These are a realistic set of top 10. Uh, do you as a CIO or CTO now uh, take those top 10 and apply them with some priority to your business? Or do you look at that top 10 and say, well, most are interesting. These two or three are the only ones that matter for me. And I'm going to deep dive in each one of those. Like, do you take a broad perspective in my business or deep on well, much fewer set? Deep on much fewer. Deep on much
1: fewer. Right. I try to identify which ones actually solve a problem I'm aware of in my business or have the potential. And then I dig into them deep enough to find out if they solve a problem. And and even in the case where there's 10 of them, it's entirely reasonable that all 10 might solve a piece of a problem in a different way. Right. And so, you know, I mean, we all know what our biggest problems are. So I just, I start that way and I'll go down it. And it's a lot of times where you get down it and you're like, okay, this is not ready to, this is not ready for run. This is still build and I need something that'll run. So I move on to the next one. Right. or this this is great for run but my maturity level doesn't meet the minimum requirements so i'm going to move on to a different, to a different one
2: right and then even more complex and i've seen this many times is that there are multiple sets of trends right so there are uh, top 10 strategic trends for the future uh, a trends for 2021 data-centric trends infrastructure centric trends software application centric trends security centric trends well now what i do now i have 50. am i supposed to as a cio and cto appreciate all 50 or am i only double clicking on some of them and hoping i have a team to consume um sort of the the double clicky ones
1: yeah yeah, i'm hoping i have a team
2: yeah
1: right i mean go ahead i don't think like if 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 as a cio if as an executive leader I, i can't look at that and not be and and recognize that I should be overwhelmed as an individual, but I am no longer overwhelmed as a team that I'm doing something wrong, right? I'm either holding too much responsibility myself or um, haven't enabled, in which case I haven't enabled my team or I haven't put the right people in place to be the team that I need, right? right? Those are kind of the two options. And and I would say in the first one, you can solve that immediately. Enable your team, enable your team, enable your team. Every, Every one of them should be smarter than you. Every one of them should be a force multiplier for you without a doubt. Right. On the second one, um, that takes time, right? And it's really critical that you figure out um, how do I make the right investment the right way, so that I'm building the right team in the right in in my organization. Um, right. In most cases, I hope that's investing in the team members, right? And 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 upskilling them, right? If if you're at the C, 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 CIO CTO level then I would expect the people that report to you are at the VP and EVP level. In which case, you've made a significant investment in them as an organization already, and replacing them is a fourteen-month process. Right. Right. Yeah. So it should be worth it to to make an investment in them of say eight months to see if you can if you can upskill them, right. um, and you'll probably know in two months whether or not they'll be able to make that transition. Right. What about you? Do you have a do you have a, a similar or different thought?
2: Uh, no, I absolutely agree. Uh, I would struggle as a CIO, CTO with how deep I should know any of the 50, right? Um, I still think I should take, let's say, the strategic trends, make those my trends that I have a deeper understanding on because they have a long term roadmap to support. But, you know, the AI ops implementation and how important that is as compared to um, DevOps implementation uh, should be. Uh, something that I would expect my VP of i to worry about. Whereas I need to appreciate what the words mean. I don't probably need to appreciate who the providers are or a roadmap to implement or how I should measure them. That should be something that I should be able to distribute and federate amongst the team.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree. What about you, Carlos? So I've been listening to both of you, and I know how we have worked doing these things. I remember the last time that we were at the CIO conference, A thought came to to my mind, what should be the correct way that a top leader delegate that work down, because you just mentioned that the CIO, the CTO, may not need to know everything in detail, but it should be aware and then bring his team and then help them to focus and I'm thinking like down three or four levels, for example, like you just mentioned, there may be some AA ops that may impact or not, depending there if you're truly doing DevOps or there may be different trends. What have you seen that have helped you to delegate down so you can get what you need up?
1: So I'd actually like to turn the question back on you because you and I were in, in this exact situation. Mm-hmm. So I can easily tell you what I did and like my thought process around it, but that doesn't really matter in this case. What I'd love to hear from you is, um, did you find it effective? And how would you like, as someone, as someone being delegated to, how would you like to receive that information? Because I think that's more informative for the, for the audience.
0: You know, it's very interesting that you flipped the question because, yeah, as we were going for it, um, I could focus on one area, but I knew already where you were going, what you needed. You went down and said, okay, so we're looking into this area for AI ops for different implementation or different trends. And it gave me like a target, not an exact place where to go, but at least a ballpark where to focus and not be disrupted or squirrel moving different places because it was a little bit more targeted and, and I could then focus my effort in there. Um, I think that looking at all these trends, uh, and even though we started with a funny way of looking at different words, but I think that that happened a lot, and I have seen it, that sometimes people just get overwhelmed by terms and they think that they need to implement, or if they don't look at those trends, then, they will be completely failing. And I was thinking that, should the trends be that truly directed by the analyst, or by what the leaders of the different companies, let's say your peer group, let's say all the CIOs or other executives, what they're doing, that that where you should actually get real feedback, because those are the ones that are actually spending the money. Someone could stand up and say, hey, the next trend are, purple drills. And you said purple, purple drills. What the heck is that? Oh yeah, I need one. No, you don't need one because I have a black one. What do you think so, about that? So so
1: I will say that as a, as a leader, what I'm looking for is um, kind of two things. I'm looking for maturity and applicability, okay. right? Um, what is the maturity? And the maturity could easily fit in three boxes. Um, awareness. Well, actually, I guess four, right? Um, don't care. Because there's a lot of that. Like personally, (laughs) I don't care about quantum computing today. There's a lot more other stuff that I need to be aware of, so I'm not spending. I'm I'm spending very little time on quantum computing. Um, Basically, I find it interesting personally, so I spend time there. Um, Then it's um, awareness would be the next one, right? As in, we need to have some awareness of this because I think this is going to be important. Um, The second one then is build, and the third one is run. This is mature enough for us. We should be aware. It's not mature enough for us to build or run. This is enough for us, mature enough for us to build, but not run. And this is mature enough for run. And then applicability, which is simply does it apply to our business? Yes or no? And some nuance around that, some context around that would be helpful. But that's all I'm looking for, right? Really. Um, my expectation then is we can have a discussion, make a decision, and decide do we need to go any deeper? What about you?
2: I would take a different approach uh, as, as usual, okay. <laughs> take a different approach. Uh, I would take the, I would have a general presumption that all trends that I'm looking at um, are somewhat applicable but not always applicable. Um, and I would also say that there is no point in time when I'll be able to invest in all trends, right? So there will have to be a subset, which means I've got to bucketize these things and I would bucketize these things in terms of business outcome, right? So if I'm being measured and therefore my team's being measured on incremental growth, that might be revenue growth, that might be customer growth, that may be new customer segments, that might be a different set of profitability or a different odd operational efficiency, then I actually determine which trends fill those buckets, right? Say, oh, these three are for the purpose of growing a customer segment. These two are for the purpose of creating some sort of efficiency. From then, do what Howard said. Of those things are in the buckets, which one is the biggest bang for the buck? Which one is going to apply to those outcomes in a faster, cheaper, better way as compared to
0: any other trend? Does your innovation then um, initiatives leverage those trends should they have free reign to just do any of them or should they be connected to the process that you're mentioning
2: i think they 100 percent need to align to those outcomes however i fully expect an innovation team to at the very least be briefed on everything so that they know at the very least which ones if any are applicable to any of the outcomes that are most important to the business and then what you can. I would say 80,
1: double. 20. Yeah, I would say 80, 20, 90, 10. Um, I think having an innovation team that's chartered to do absolutely anything is hugely problematic. You'll never get anything done. <laughs> right. Um, but I think saying I want 80% of your time focused on achieving the str- tr- strategic objectives as they've been laid out, the 10-year plan. Um, but I want 20% really, truly start throwing magic stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Right. Um, I think it's 80% is informed from the business strategy and 20% is informed from innovation itself. Right. Um, Cause I do think that there is a there is a, an absolute value to how far out of the box can we think and then determining does that have value? Does that have ap- applicability, right? I think both directions are good. You just have to really restrict it. Otherwise you'll end up with an innovation team that never creates anything of value.
2: Right. Or folks all their time on 3D printing when we don't produce anything in the physical world.
1: Right, because let's be honest, the people that you want in your innovation team are the ones that are in fact the most innovative, but those are also going to be the people that are most attached to the neat, shiny thing right? Um, and the things that excite them. And you really have to make sure that they're focused on strategic objectives, but you don't want to squash that passion. You don't want to squash that kind of sense of, of adventure that they're going to get from being there that, that, that really does allow you to move the business forward in leaps rather than iterative.
0: Movement. right I think that's been really good, guys. Good chat. That's been good. So interesting trends. Sometimes you might hear different words that may sound like interesting, but they may end up being something else. And we cannot say the word, because then we're going to get censored. <laughs> you no, know as a leader, you're going to hear a lot of stuff. You want to make sure, as we have laid out today, listen do a little bit of research and then you will be able to apply it and get your team involved there may be someone in your team already that is already aware of some of it that will help you cut down the time my friends make sure that you subscribe and you share as always make sure that you keep growing so we can become the leaders that we can be have a good week